Welcome, everyone, to the Gridiron Review Podcast. I'm Zach, that's Jack, and we are back for episode five of our all-season interview series. Today, we are kicking off the NFC North with the Detroit Lions. They have a coach that seems to be becoming one of the best in the league. He seems like an insane motivator. And after his first full season, they have heavily invested in both the draft and free agency on both the offensive and the defensive side. But where do they end up for us this season? Find out now. Offensively, we start with the losses, and the only notable losses here are in the tight end room, Jordan Thomas and Hunter Bryant, and Tyrell Crosby on the offensive line. Everyone else is a depth piece. They were able to retain both backup quarterbacks, Tim Boyle, the only TB that matters, and David Blau, fullback Jason Cabinda, uh, Josh Reynolds at receiver, and Cleef Raymond, who played a nice role as the deep threat down the stretch. Everyone else is depth pieces. Free agent pickups, they went out and got insurance for always hurt TJ Hawkinson and Garrett Griffin and DJ Chark from Jacksonville. In the draft, they traded up 20 spots with the division rival Vikings to go get Jameson Williams from Alabama. They also added another insurance policy at tight end in James Mitchell from Virginia Tech in the fifth. You look at this team, and Jared Goff looked pretty good down the stretch. If Goff can continue to look the way he did in the last couple games of the season, then there's a lot of promise for this team. You added a whole ton of weapons. You get a lot of the injured guys back. J-Mo might not be ready for the first couple weeks of the season. It's hard to tell as he got hurt in mid-January. But when he is healthy, you're looking at a team with Goff at quarterback, a two-headed backfield, and Swift and Williams. Chark, JMO, and Amon Ra, who really stepped into a big role last year for Detroit at receiver. TJ Hawkinson at tight end, solid blocker and receiver, and arguably one of the strongest O-lines in the game. There's no reason that this offense cannot carry this team to what we consider a pretty open NFC North. Yeah, and this team may be one of the most injury-concerned offenses in football. DeAndre Swift has been hurt a lot in his early tenure. DJ Chark, obviously a lot of talent, but a guy that's been hurt time and time again. Jamison Williams, this is a pretty major injury. Obviously an ACL tear is not what it used to be, but not everybody comes back the same. And TJ Hawkinson is hurt all the time. But if they're all able to be healthy, even if Jamison Williams takes a couple weeks, you're right. There's no reason I think it can't be one of, you know, the better offenses in theory in the NFC at least. Probably not matching up too well with the AFC, but the receiver room of Amon Ra, Chark, and Williams, if they're all healthy, is very good. They each do something a little different. Amon Ra, really good route runner, good hands. Chark, size speed guy. And Jamison Williams, speed and route running. I mean, they all fit together really well. And then you have Hawkinson, as you said, blocks pretty well and is a pretty good receiver. I think that as we were going over this, you wonder, at least at other positions besides receiver, if the depth is there. I mean, Jamal Williams is a very good backup for running back. And I think the receivers, they had a couple guys chip in, Quintez Cephas, Khalif Raymond, guys like that, that, you know, were not starters that had to be in emergencies, and they did fine. The tight end depth concerns me because beyond Hawkinson, Garrett Griffin and James Mitchell are nothing special. I would have rather seen them, you know, as we're going to talk about the defense, I don't hate investing a lot into the defense, but there was a ton of tight ends in this draft that went in the third and fourth round that would have made a really good backup and a solid number two to Hawkinson. And I just, I think that the Lions are going to have to really have a hard decision on whether to pay him or not, because they haven't extended him yet, right? No, they picked up his fifth year, though, at the beginning of the offseason. 
Right. So if they decide not to extend him, if he has another injury riddled season, they don't really have a plan. And usually tight ends take a couple of years to get going in the league for whatever reason. So it just, to me, would have been nice. That's just like the one negative on their draft for me is while I don't mind, and I did like their picks on defense, I think one of those picks could have been used on a tight end. The O-line as well probably could have used some depth pieces behind their starters. Right. However, what they did invest in heavily in the draft is the defense. They were able to re-sign a lot of pieces. Charles Harris had a breakout season, and I believe he was in the same class as like McKinley and stuff, right? That whole group of pass rushers that busted. I think so, yeah. Um, Because Taco Charlton was in that one as well. I believe, but Harris finally had his breakout season, seven and a half sacks, and they had Alex Anzalone play meaningful snaps. I think he was on 100% of the snaps for like the first 10 weeks or so, and then he got hurt, as he always does, but when he's healthy, he's going to do fine, and they brought back Sean Deion Hamilton, who's a very good backup linebacker, in my opinion, Josh Woods, Anthony Pittman, they re-signed Tracy Walker, CJ Moore, and Juju Hughes. Both of those guys are dead pieces. Their safety room will cover because they did have a decent draft pick. Uh, They lost Nick Williams, Joel Heath, Trey Flowers, who never seemed like he was on the field for them after signing the big contract, Rashad Berry, Jalen Reeves-Maven, Curtis Bolton, Tavante Beckett, Jesse Lemonier, Parnell Motley, Dean Marlowe, and Jalen Elliott. Most of those guys are not big pieces, not guys you're going to miss. And as I said, Trey Flowers is a guy that they couldn't even count on to begin with. He's probably the biggest name there. And in the draft, as everybody knows, they went and they got Aiden Hutchinson with the second overall pick. They ignored the urge to go with the wrong pick and came on Thibodeau and other players like that. Hutchinson going to start right away. He, in our eyes, is a very good prospect, but not an elite. In the second round, they double dipped at edge and went with Josh Paschal. He was one of my big sleepers. I didn't think he was going to go that high. I thought he was going to go closer to the third round and be a steal. He's super strong. I am curious how he fits in. Part of me, as we've like looked at their depth chart and stuff, wonders if they might have plans to kick him in as an undersized tackle because this man can handle it. He's short, but he's got a ton of power behind him. In the third round, they went with Kirby Joseph. This is the pick. I, I know the safety, Tracy Walker, and I cannot remember. The Deshaun Elliott, who they signed in free no. agency. No, 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 no. There was a, there was a third Oh, one Will there. Harris. Yeah, Will Harris. I know Will Harris hasn't been doing good, and that's fine. But the Kirby Joseph pick, I think, is was a fine pick. But that's the one in my head where I think a tight end or an offensive lineman would have been a better choice. However, if Joseph pushes for snaps right away, it's not a bad pick. One of my favorite picks of theirs was Malcolm Rodriguez in the sixth. He, in my opinion, was a steal. And I know Jack scouted him, so he'd have a better idea. But for a team whose linebackers still kind of are a question mark, they don't have heavy investments there. Rodriguez is a guy that should be the one of the high-end backups right away. And if Anzalone gets hurt, he can probably fill in fine and then they want James Houston another edge player and Chase Lucas a corner for their free agent ads they picked up John Kaminsky Jack was telling me just a couple days ago off of waivers he was a dead piece for Atlanta that filled in when they needed him to and I expect him to have a similar role draw Davis they reunite with who has never been able to quite figure it out but as a backup linebacker he's an athletic freak who you can't argue is a really good backup Natrez Patrick Chris Board They brought in Mike Hughes and Deshaun Elliott. So not a lot of big names, but Elliott should probably start right away. Mike Hughes would probably see some time in the secondary. I'm not sure how he fits in. Jack, you want to fill us in on that one? Yeah. So Mike Hughes, I believe, was brought in to play the slot 
as you know, assuming everyone's healthy, it's probably Oruwarie and Okuda on the outside with Hughes in the slot, and then guys like Jerry Jacobs and Melifonwu and those types of guys as backup pieces. And you were talking about earlier how you had heard rumors that Oruwarie might move to safety, and I don't understand it. I mean, you bring in Deshaun Elliott. You re-signed Tracy Walker to three years. You still have Will Harris, who was a day two pick, I believe. Then you go out and get Kirby Joseph. So what is the point of moving a guy who took a huge step forward for the Lions last year at corner and moving him to safety? To Zach's point here, in the third round, I can't remember what pick he went out specifically, but Nakobe Dean went in the third round. And I know that they ended up taking... Rodriguez in the sixth who we both really like as a steal there but Dean comes from a very high energy coach much like Dan Campbell and they're lacking a serious number one linebacker so to take Joseph after signing Elliott and re-signing Walker it's a little questionable I tried to watch Kirby Joseph tape and I struggled to find him at times and he's a one-year starter so it's possible that they have some sort of role in Detroit for him but at the moment I think he's just gonna come off the bench when you know someone inevitably gets hurt but this defense is gonna have a nice rotation of pieces I like the depth a lot more on the defensive side and it shows with addressing it early and often in the draft Hutchinson, Hachel, Harris, the Okwara brothers are gonna rotate at end Gerard Davis, Anzalone, Rodriguez, Derek Barnes, there's going to be some sort of rotation there, I have to imagine. I would like to think that there's going to be a rotation at corner, but I'm sure at least three of them are going to get hurt within the first three weeks. The first one probably being Okuda. And at safety, Walker maybe get hurt. Who knows? But if everyone can stay healthy, this should be a defense where guys can rotate in and out and stay fresh. And Aiden Hutchinson, we've said it from all our mock drafts, fits perfectly in with Dan Campbell in the system. So Hopefully, if anyone's going to get the most out of him, it's Campbell, and you see glimpses of it in his rookie year. And one thing I wanted to mention that I forgot to earlier is bringing on Chark for the deal that they did. He passed up more money reports, say, to go elsewhere. So you're starting to see, I think, the Dan Campbell effect where people want to go play for him. And if this team can improve, uh, we have them improving in a big way, going 9-8. and Now, as we say with everyone, we are not factoring injuries because we can't. We just can't like we we can't say, oh, automatically someone's going to get hurt. And if they all stay healthy, we think they're nine and eight. And we do think they are better than the Vikings, although obviously it's all subjective. But we believe in Dan Campbell. He's an extreme motivator. They found position players that mattered like Jerry Jacobs is undrafted free agents last year who played meaningful snaps and played him well. So I think even if they do have some injuries, they're going to find these times in the rough. Will it be enough to take the division? We think that the Packers have probably one more year, but we think that's, we'll discuss them uh, later this week, but we think that's more about the Packers defense. But, you know, nine and eight for this Lions team that's been in a rut for so long is a great improvement. And do you want to add anything else there, Jack? Like you said, just with Chark, I think that you're starting to see the effect that a young high energy coach has. And teams are all about hiring young coaches. You look at someone like, Mike McDaniel in Miami. And I'm sure that there's plenty of guys that are going to want to go play for him because he's young. He's a new guy. They want to see what he's all about. 
but who wouldn't want to play for a guy who in his first press conference said he's going to bite someone's kneecap off? I mean, you got to love it, right? Yeah, uh, I think this will be the season where they show big improvement. Some of those games that they did lose that were close, they'll win. And maybe it doesn't end up being nine wins, but their schedule is not all that difficult. Their own division is not that difficult beyond the Packers. And even then, the Lions seem to give the Packers trouble sometimes. So you never know. It, they could end up winning the division if something crazy goes. You know, you got to – it starts with the head coach, and certainly Campbell's one that could will a team to the division title. This concludes our first episode of the NFC North. Stay tuned for the next one as we continue our offseason in review series.